Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well met, fellow adventurers. You find me once again in the city of Swithick. The biggest, or at least most dangerous city in all of Tysa. There's a couple of adventures to do here. First one is called Dead End. Hissing wildly and moving more quickly than he could have anticipated, the skeletons stagger forward, prepared to do the final bidding of their departing master. Oh, so this this one could be normal or scaled. I'll just do it on normal. Here we go. So begins Dead Ends. There are special tips slash notes available for this adventure. Okay. Multiple paths to completion. The adventure that led you to this entry features multiple paths to its completion. It may benefit you to play through the adventure multiple times without saving your game to discover the best, most advantageous, or most appropriate path for your character. Hmm... Yes. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. On a barren, boulder-strewn hilltop, several miles southeast of the ruined city of Tarn. You stagger back several steps, drop to your knees, and gasp in agony as your mind valiantly attempts to repel another of the sorceress's deadly psionic attacks. I lost 1,112 stamina points. That is exactly half of them. No matter how much health I had, it would be half of them. The three bounty hunters who bravely accompanied you on your mission to bring the renegade mage and suspected necromancer to justice. Justice like just yards away, their face frozen in grim contortions. They adopted the precise moment of their demises. Julia, the murderous spellcaster, those defeat or capture. Remain the objective of your mission, steps into view over the crest of the hill, and stares down at you, her angular, youthful face devoid of any semblance of concern. Get up, dog, she says, her tone almost flash. flat. You didn't chase me all the way here to die on your knees. Stand up and die on your feet! You are at least that much to the three poor souls you dragged here to your to their deaths. Suddenly, Zuya raises and extends her white arm, making several passes over the ground at her feet, 
with, with the splayed fingers of her trembling hand. The earth before you begins to weave and buckle as fleshless digit, digits poke up through the stony soil. You immediately return to your feet and assume a defensive stance as nearly a dozen skeletons claw their way out of the ground and swiftly fall into wank before their summoner. Each gruesome member of the hissing undead legion brandishes the decaying remains, the jagged remains of a decaying, decaying weapon. Mm. I would be suspicious, okay, why are there skeletons here? But I guess she just planned to make a final stand where there would be skeletons she could call upon. And also as an archaeologist, there are skeletons everywhere. Yeah, so it's probably... It's probably a few billion skeletons in Britain, for example. <laughs> Most of them Stone Age, but still. Okay. That should serve to confirm all rumours about my command of the dead, says Zulia, folding her arms and nodding in your direction. This entire hell is a graveyard. Though few would know or remember that. You needn't fear. I won't crush what's left of your mind as I did to your little band of minions. You die as you deserve to. In battle. With that, Zuria bows before swiftly retreating for the quest of the hell. Leave behind the eleven skeletal warriors she raised from their eternal west. Hissing wildly. And moving more quickly than they could anticipate, the skeletons stagger forward, prepared to do the final bidding of their departing master. Begin combat with a skeletal warrior. It hisses as it attacks. Skeletal warrior. 3 XP. You step over the shattered remains of the skeleton and immediately find yourself confronted by an armoured, sword-wielding pair of the fleshless undead. Two skeletal warriors! Skeletal warriors! Slain your hope. Five XP. A shrill hiss erupts to your left. You spin in the direction of the sinister sound, and behold an axe-wielding skeleton staggering swiftly towards you. Before you can move to intercept your dead assailant, the skeleton abruptly draws to it a halt and howls the axe at you. The ancient detaining weapon flips end over end as it hurtles towards your head. Oh no, this is revenge for that black steel axe that I use that occasionally decapitates undead. So, a couple of few options here. I can dodge. Use telekinesis or fortification. Now, telekinesis just sounds so much more impressive, so I'll use that. Succeeded. 4x3 to telekinesis. You channel your power of telekinesis and project a powerful telekinetic blast at the hurtling axe. The invisible wave of energy slams into the flying weapon and sends it spinning back towards the skeleton that hurled it. A sharp, splintering sound rises into the air as the axe smashes through its former undead wielder, leading only a heap of shattered bone in its wake. Whew, that's, that's impressive. Expected it just to send it flying off, not to clave through its head. That's nice. <laughs> well, for me, not for that skeleton, but I don't think skeletons feel pain, so... I don't think it really matters. <laughs> Before you can catch your breath, three sword-wielding skeletons are upon you, hissing savagely as they brandish their ancient broken blades. You manage to adjust to adeptly repel their initial attack before boldly countering it. It's free! Skeletal warriors! Do, 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 do. They slash at you, and I bash at them, and they are slain. 5 XP. 
as the last of the three skeletons crumbles into a pile of bone at your feet, something unexpected happens. With a loud clattering, the remaining four skeletons suddenly collapse into unmoving heaps. Breathing a sigh of relief, you wipe away the sweat streaming down your brow and start for the top of the hill, eager to determine if there's still a chance to catch Julia and bring the murderous necromancer to justice. You reach the crown of the hill and are startled to find Zulia standing only a few yards away, her arms folded defiantly across her chest and her dark eyes fixed on you. Your sorceress's chiselled face bears an unmistakable expression of annoyance. The dead weren't, weren't much a challenge for you, she says, scowling. The same won't be said for me. Back onto your knees, dog! You gasp and a sickly throw your hands to the side of your head as a burning pain stabs into the very fabric of your mind. Your vision doubles and a series of violent convulsions wash over you as Zulia's potent psionic attack ravages your psyche. Pick a number. Bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from spirit, 20 from aura. So this is an entirely mental attack. I've got to get 100 or more, or suffer some great damage. Maybe even death. Pick now. 117 success. In a valiant display of mental fortitude, you manage to stave off the more devastating effects of Zuluria's psionic attack. Zuluria seems startled by your resilience. The sorceress mutters something and, and, and steps back as she prepares to launch another attack on your psyche. So, a few options here. Just... Rush forward and attack her. Prepare to resist her next psionic attack. Use elementalism, necromancy, archery, illusion, or telekinesis. I'm going to use necromancy because I just really like showing off. T taking someone's proposed skill and just saying, yeah, I could do that too, but better. So I will use necromancy. Succeeded. 4x speed to necromancy. You channel your dark magical discipline and attempt to cut summon the dead whose remains lie buried in the stony soil that, that covers the hill. Within seconds, the ground about the sorceress's feet begins to weave as several pairs of freshest hands jut up through the earth. And take hold of her legs. Zulia cries out in alarm as she attempts to fend off the surprise undead assault. Ah, you don't like it when it happens to you, do you? No, you don't. Maybe think about that, eh? Think about that. As the bone hands begin to retreat into the ground, you rush forward. Determined to prevent the necromancer from launching another deadly psionic attacks. You reach Julia just as she's staggering to her feet and deal the sorceress a death blow that sends her sprawling. The right side of her, of her head slams into the stony ground with a loud crack. The vicious, the villainous spellcaster is out cold. After securely binding her hands with a piece of torn tunic, you step back and stare down at the necromancer, whose prone body is just beginning to show signs of movement. Oh, she is tough! Zulia regains both her conscience and her wits with remarkable rapidity. First demands that you set her free, and that the two of you go her separate ways. The fact that she has not yet attempted to use a psychic psychic abilities or magic since waking is not lost in you. Begin to sense that something has happened to render her powers ineffective. Maybe I just maybe she just lost all her Neville reserve. I think a blow to the head would probably do that. It becomes apparent you have no intention of setting her free. 
The necromancer then asks that you kill her, rather than deliver her to those who hired you as a capturer. The glazed circle will glean what they can from me, and then dispose of me in the most expedient way, she says, her tone sharp and demeanour unpleasant. This is about gold. I'll see to it that you're paid twice the sum you promise. Let me go. A sudden desperation in her voice serves to give you a moment's pause. As you stare down at sorceress, who's now sitting up right before you, you plainly recall the urgency of Lothwick, a grey circle agent who offers you 5,000 gold to find and return with the Renegade Mage. Kill her if you must, the elderly man said. I told you as your meeting at the drunken giant inn in Trithic was concluding. She will kill you if you have a chance. I'd prefer her brought back alive. But, should it come to that, her head will suffice. And, not for the last time, the faces of the dead bounty hunters arrive at the thaw of your thoughts. The three men slain by Zerulia's formidable psychic weapons. So, alright, there's a few options. I could just kill her. Tell her I'm taking her to Lotharic. Alright, which is apparently a fate worse than death. And when a necromancer says something's a fate worse than death, you you, you have to believe them. Because they know a lot, about, a lot about death. Strike a deal with her for her freedom. Or remind Zulia about the three men she's killed. Just have to, I have to bring that up first. Unabashed, you confront Zulia about about the three men who accompanied your mission to track her down and bring her to justice. The unfortunate trio, those bodies lie strewn across the stroke below, were bounty hunters who had long sought the generous reward tied to the necromancer's capture. Beyond their profession, however, they were good men. Good men you knew, who you knew were trying to do what they thought were right. Those lies were callously taken by the sorceress, now asking you to let her go? Sawyer had crushed all three of their minds in one fell swoop, killing them instantly. I have every right to defend myself against Lothwick's attack dogs, she says in a flat tone, devoid of any semblance of remorse. You best be certain before you so willingly dole out judgment. Either set me three, or kill me. I will not let you bring me to Lotharwick. That smug fool isn't even a wizard. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, it is self-defense. So, I guess it's justified. I mean, they weren't official agents of the law, so... Yeah. Okay. Three options now. Kill her. I'll get the reward. Tell her you're taking her to Lotharwick. Which is, once again, a fate worse than death. Or, I could strike a deal with Xyluria for her freedom. No, I just happen... Now, admittedly, I... Uh... Hmm... I mean, I do get gold for that as well. You know, I'm gonna strike a deal because I really we don't we don't have anyone's word that she's actually done anything bad before. Before I went up and try, before we we four people went to try and kill her. We only have Lotharic's word, and apparently he's uh, despic quite a despicable person. Was apparently being in the comp being in his possession is a fate worse than death, and this is and this isn't an idle thing. She knows full well that death is the other option. All right, I'm going to strike a deal with her. Zulia nods, and a fainter dots the faintest hint of a shrewd smile. When you tell her that you might be interested in coming to her scream with her that will allow her to avoid being handed over to Lotharwick. She again states that she will pay you twice 
or Lifwick had offered you for her patcher. And that would be 10,000 gold, she says coldly. A fleeting smirk, the only indication the necromancer would just wedge your mind. The price is steep, but not beyond my means. And it's well worth it to me. Hmm, wonder how she makes the money. I mean, does she just rent out skeletons to, I don't know, miners? To mines? Always companies? Maybe... Maybe guards for people who who don't particularly care about appearance. Or maybe just, you know, looting, looting the graves. I mean, if you're wising the skeletons, you might as well loot them while you're at it. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, you could probably just get the skeletons to loot themselves. Zulia tells you she will arrange for someone to meet you and twithit you the gold. As you might be able to imagine, it will take me just a little while to gather the gold. But you needn't worry. You'll get it. Alright, I'll just use divination to see whether she, she will at least try to go through with it. Okay. Succeeded. You channel your power of divination. Immediately sense that Zuria has every intention of keeping her word. So, we go back down to the three options. Agree to the terms of the deal, take her to Lotharic, or kill her. Yes. Hmm. Okay, I'll agree. But you better not go and do any nasty stuff. Soria seems profoundly relieved when you agree to the terms of the deal. You warily set her free. And she flashes you a disarming smile. Thank you, she says, her demeanor once again stoic. You do well to deny the grey circle its human prizes. Those who hold sway over the brotherhood are not to be trusted. Let there be no confusion about that, yeah? I know there are bad guys in the grey circle. There's, there's Galorus, for a start. And Coratel was once part one of the, was once a member, so yeah, definitely bad guys in there. But I mean, that's to be expected in any organization this large and powerful. <laughs> I mean, bad people just like to join large and powerful organizations, so they can have more power. Okay, Zoria again. Tells you she will arrange for someone to meet you in Twithic before too long with the 10,000 gold. It'll be just a little while, she says as she prepares to depart, but you needn't worry. I will see to it that you get what you've been promised or die trying. Thought suddenly before cursed you. Before we can attempt to act, act on it, Zulia speaks. Is having read your mind? She probably did. You need some proof of my death for Lotharic, she says. Here, give him this. He'll never believe I would willingly part with it. The sorceress hands you a small stone disc. It's a gem-encrusted disc. Yes, it's four stamina points and two Neville Reserve. Yes, this is one of those items that you have that boosts your stats just by you having it. So, yes... My, my stats have now went up. This is a small, thin, perfectly wound stone disc. A series of different gemstones are set around the edge of the disc. A powerful sense of exhilaration passes through you whenever you touch this curious object. Zulia, the renegade necromancer, gave this di disc to get gave you this disc to give to Lotharic, hoping that it would serve as evidence of her death. Yeah, I hope it works. And also I get to keep this disc because it's boosting my stats. By four stamina points and two Neville Reserve. Zoria tells you the stone disc is known to Lotharic. The old man will undoubtedly accept your possession of it as evidence of her demise. He may want the disc, but just as like 
Just as likely it may not, she says, struggling. Doesn't matter to me, of course. As long as that old demon thinks I'm dead, I'm safe. Thank you again. With that, the sorceress quickly bows and departs, passing quickly down the north side of the hill and disappearing into the thick brush that surrounds the base. You spend the next four small while respectfully tending to the remains of three men killed by Zulia. Oh yeah, there. The men, bounty hunters from southern Tarsa, who joined you in Trithic at the outset of your mission, the behest of Lotharic, will now be forever turned and turned on this on this steep, rocky slope, within view of the ruined city of sorceresses. I, I probably could return. Arrange for them to be returned to their next of kin, but that would be a really big pain. And I'd, uh, actually, I probably do know who their next of kin are because I, I spent I spent a long time with them. Mm. Yeah, well, I've, I probably I've got, I've got some family to inform. At last. Having completed the solemn task, and ever mindful of the lengthy return trek you now face, you descend the hill and embark on the journey back to Twithic. You arrive in Twithic and ultimately meet up with Lotharwick and the two armed men in his company at the Junkin Giant Inn. The Grey Circle agent seems initially distressed to and unable to catch Julia tower they're alive, but his, but, but his apparent disappointment proves short-lived. When he inquires about proof of her demise, you, you produce the gem-encrusted stone discs. He, ha he has to see the object, and spends nearly a minute closely examining both sides of it. As he hands it back to you, he nods. How she came to possess that? I ne I've never quite understood, he said. You'd be wise to keep that safe. There aren't very many of those about. Most important, she's gone. There need be no further thought expended upon her. Lutherick promptly remits to you the payment he promised. That's 5,000 gold tokens. It's most important to choose the right person for these sort of jobs, he says. I'm happy to have chosen wisely. Thank you. As Lotharic and his two men prepare to depart from the inn, the old man turns and initiates a shoulder cross, again commending you on the success of your mission. As you meet him in the gesture, an unquieting sense of unease comes over you. So I can use divination just to see the darkness within his soul, perhaps. Succeeded. 4xp to divination. You silently channel your power of divination, and almost immediately sense a sinister, lurking presence in and around Lotharic. Detect no such presence surrounding either of the two men in the old man's company. Deeply unsettled by what you felt, you promptly break off the sh shoulder cross. Lotharic says nothing. For a fleeting moment, his gaze catches your eye and you're left wondering if he is aware of what you just perceived. Hmm, what is he? What is Lotharic? Is he a Tarzel? Could be a Tarzel. I mean, uh, I mean, they do disguise themselves as humans, and they do do bad stuff. But it's probably something much much worse. Standing just outside the drunken giant's heavy wooden door, an uneven wooden landing that's seen too many winters, you watch as Lotharic and his men depart, moving swiftly along the street before disappearing around a corner to the north. Eager to put the completed mission behind you, you step back into the inn where you spend the next small while partaking in the company of a few of its colourful patrons, enjoying some of the landlord's best ale, and attempting to subdue a profound sense of weariness brought on by...
by your recent travels. Charge your might. Your thoughts never seem to stray far from Lotharic. Though you can't quite put your finger on it, you're convinced there is something odd, possibly sinister, about the elderly grey circle agent. With that thought repeatedly running through your mind, you eventually drift into an uneasy slumber in the flickering glow of the, of the inn's well-tended fire. And that finishes this adventure. Also, look for the adventure titled Payment Due in Twithic. So I get 1,024 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. Pretty nice. Alright, on to the next adventure. Payment Due. An unexpected but profitable encounter in the Adderstone. Embark on this adventure. And so begins Payment Due. Nearly two months after parting ways with the Wenegay necromancer Zululia, atop the boulder-strewn hill near Tarn, you're approached by a man in Twithic who tells you he's come to make good on the payment of gold promised you by the sorceress. The grey-haired man is uneven, short cropped beard only partially covering a way of scars that whittle the lower portion of his face, says that Zuria sends her regards and regrets that she was not able to meet you. The man's behest, you follow him into an overgrown courtyard behind an abandoned tavern in the city's northern sector, where he presents you with the gold. Ten thousand gold! It's best to conduct such business away from unwanted eyes, he said. Zulia wants you to know she is truly folly. Folly, the trouble, trouble she caused for you. And for others. You're taken aback when the man tells you. Zulia has already want, done what she could. A bite anomalously for the families of the bounty hunters. She killed during your hillside concentration near time. She's made certain they're being provided for, she says. She is powerful, determined, and, at times, ruthless. If she's not without a heart, and not without remorse. She deeply regrets what happened that day, and has taken measures to at least try and begin to mend things. As much as they can be mended. With the gold now safely in your possession, you leave the overgrown courtyard, and... Just outside is the abatated gates. You part ways with Zuria's grey-haired associate. The man bids you farewell and wishes you luck. Zuria won't forget what you did for her, he says. And evil why, that is to say. We, that is to say, we all regret what happened that day near top. We can only, only work right, work to set right what we can. Thank you. And goodbye. You briefly meet a man in the shoulder cross before the two of you turn and set off in opposite directions along the deserted name unbeknownst to you. The nameless man, Surulia's trusted confederate, never reaches the end of the street. As he nears the corner, he is stealthily ambushed and hauled into a broad rubbish-strewn alley by a pair of unseen assailants where he's meted out out a swift but gruesome fate by claw, fang and blade his body is never found of course also claw and fang hmm Tuzzle? the rat men some sort of wolfkin, perhaps? Who knows? But, apparently... We're, apparently, I've just edged edged very close to some very dark business, indeed. And that finishes this little adventure with 32 experience applied to general. Yeah, back in the main city of Terrific, just going to save now.
That means I will not be able to redo those two adventures. To see the other options. Now, now if you did give her some Lotharic, then you you'd get an item called the Gator's Wing, which would powerfully boost your your SP. But I already get my SP boosted by that gem-encrusted disc. And more importantly, my Neville Reserve, so mechanically, that's likely the best option. Okay, let's see. Okay. There is another little adventure going on here called The List of Tawawin. But I'm going to be doing that next. The description for that adventure reads, A large number of spectators have gathered on a wide swath of green, just west of Trithic, the edge of the village of Tuarden, where a contest of archery is about to take place. Well, I should do pretty well at that, considering my archery skill is master at level 77. Started. Embark. On the outskirts of the village of Tuarden, a small settlement not far west of Twithic, you happen upon a large number of people gathered at the edge of a roadside field. You make an inquiry and discover that an archery contest about to begin. You learn that the contest is seeking another contestant to swell its ranks to an even dozen. Seek to enter the contest. You need to know archery and have a bow. The man in the char charge of the contest greets you at the edge of the field and welcomes you warmly. Nice to fill out the roster to a good dozen, he smiles. Go on then, take your spot with the others and we'll move this spectacle along. You join the other contestants at the far side of the lists and listen as the master of ceremonies addresses all those gathered here. The master of the ceremonies explains the tournament rules. You learn the contest will consist of 20 rounds. During each round, all contestants will take a shot of varying difficulty, with five points awarded for a bullseye, two for an arrow in the Uruwing, wing, and one arrow in the outer wing. It's announced that all 12 contestants will compete in all 20 rounds. The archer with the highest point total at the end of the tournament will be the winner. 500 gold tokens in the pocket of the winner, shouts the master of the semis, as you and the other contestants take your place at the eastern end of the list. Suddenly, you take notice of a man leaning up against a tree at the edge of the field, almost completely shrouded in the shadow cast by a towering maple. He's garbled in the gear of a woodsman, and appears to watch the unfolding contest with a great deal of interest. Despite your curiosity, you put him out of mind as you prepare yourself for a grueling test of skill. The master of the ceremonies moves to the centre of the list and addresses a cheering crowd as the contest is about to begin. You take the opportunity to lunge round, look round and gorge your competition. Noting two archers in particular, a man named Eldwin and a woman named Percy, seem to have an air of confidence about them. Both of these comp comp competitors draw well-crafted bows of the highest calibre. Well, I have a well-crafted bow too. I have the Grand Ashen Bow, which has, is of superior quality. As the announcements conclude, you ready yourself for the first round of the contest. The target for the first round of the competition is set back only a short distance from the trolley line. This should be an easy shot. As you wait your chance, you watch the other competitors each step up to the line and release their shots. View the first round results of the other competitors. Each of the competitors in turn steps to the line and unleashes a shot a small target strapped to a bale of hay. Averick takes aim and sinks, loses his arrow. 
The speeding shaft slinks into the target's inner wing. Two points. And then you get a, then you get the descriptions for Ooh, Hilloat takes aim and loses loses out. The speeding shaft strikes the center of the target. Five points. Okay, yep. Yeah. And descriptions for the rest of them. Prepare to take your first round shot. At last, it's your turn. A murmur, a murmur runs through the crowd of spectators as you step forward and position yourself at the line. The target for this first round of competition is set back only a short distance from the volley line. This should be an easy shot. You take aim at the small target strapped to a bale of hay. Pick a number. Bonus of 31 from archery. That's boosted by the Grand Dashing Bow. You need 40 or more to succeed. Success in a wing. Applause erupts for the gathered spectators as your, as your arrow pierces the target in a wing. You cautiously wave to the crowd before stepping back from the line to join your fellow competitors. Two points. Okay, I'm in joint second place with two. The master of the ceremonies and the men and another man are just a target in preparation for the next round of competition. You look over the current standings. Okay, here's the second round. Okay, Brison gets the target. Gravit gets the inner wing. Take my second shot. Same check again. Bullseye with 110. Your arrow stride flies straight and true. And the speeding shaft sinks into the exact centre of the target, elicting a raucous cheer from the gathered spectators. You take a cautious row before stepping back from the line to join the other competitors. Alright, I am in joint top place now. On to the next one. Third round. They, some of them score something. Eldwin gets a bullseye. Yeah, yeah, as expected. He's the competition. Same check again. Another bullseye. That points me, puts me in joint first place. Okay, fourth round. Some of them score. Inner wing with 104. Okay, I'm still in joint first place. Those with Gravit and Bidson. Erdwin is in second place, Percy is in third place. I assume they'll pull their way up in later rounds. The fifth round. Some of them score. Oh, Bisson's doing well. There is Gravrick and Hillwax with their bullseyes. Fifth round shot. Taken up. Only a moderate distance from the volley line. This should be a relatively easy shot. You need success is 41 or more. Pick now. Success, another bullseye. Alright, I'm in joint first place. You suddenly become aware of someone standing directly behind you. Turn and confront whoever is encroaching upon you. You turn to find the woodsman you spied at the start of the contest standing directly behind you, his lined, drawn face. Betrays a hard-fought existence in the wilds of the world. He dips into a shadow bow, bow and studies, studies you carefully. You shoot well, friend, says the man softly, his eyes darting from you to the other contestants are back again. I sense there might be more to you than meets the eye. Perhaps we can help each other out. I'll be watching you. Before you can question the man, he slips away and disappears into the crowd of spectators at the edge of the list. You once again turn your attention back to the competition at hand. So, if I want to find out what the man wants, I've got to win this contest. Also, I get 500 gold, which is alright. Moderate distance for the sixth target. Some people get bullseyes. Take the sixth round. Success in a wing, two points. Oh no, I'm in second place. Garvick has somehow pulled ahead for 24 points. No, 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 I'm not supposed to lose. 
safe room found. Okay, on. Okay. Alright, check again. 31 bonus, 41, and success in a wing once more. Oh, and I'm still in second place. Boo, boo. I'm going to be, I'm going to be in third place. Eighth round. No one gets a bullseye. Relatively easy shot. Bullseye, five points. There. That puts me in first place with 28 points. The ninth round. Some people get bullseyes. All right. It's quite a good distance from the volley line. This could be a tricky shot. All right. Check again. It's got to get 42 or more. Pick now. Outer wing. The crowd of spectators applauds as your arrow strikes the target's outer wing. Nodding them with a polite nod before stepping back from the line to join your competitors. Boo, just one point. And that puts me in second place. But I'm quite a bit ahead of Eldwin and Pissy. But I'm behind Brishon for some reason. Maybe I should have noticed him the first time. Alright, here comes the tenth round. Gravewit gets a bullseye. Alright. Gotta get good distance. This could be a tricky shot. Gotta get 42 or more. Pick now. Bullseye! Your, bow, your arrow fires straight and true. And the speeding shaft sinks into the exact centre of the chart. A lifting of Walker's chair from the gathered spectators. You take a cautious bow before stepping back from the line to join the other competitors. That's five points. And that, once again, puts me in first place. But only just. Okay. You suddenly become aware of a now familiar figure standing directly behind you. You turn once again to find the gaunt-faced woodsman is standing directly behind you. You continue to impress, he says softly. You should now put some distance between yourself and this frog. Before you can question this man, he slips away and disappears into the crowd of spectators at the edge of the lists. You once again turn your attention back to the competition at hand. It's a good distance, could be a tricky shot. The 11th round, Eldwin scores a bullseye, and Loiska scores a bullseye. What will I score? Gonna find out now. Bonus 31, gonna 42. Bullseye with 50. Hmm. Seems to be no particular relationship between the score you get and how well you do. Or at least. Not, if there is one, it's a bit complicated. Five points, my arrow flies straight and true. Yeah, that puts me comfortably in the lead now. All right, on to the 12th round. Percy gets a bullseye, and Eldrin gets a bullseye. Take aim. The target for the 12th round of the competition has been set back Quite a ways from the volley line. This looks to be a rather difficult shot. Same check again, but success is 43. Pick now. Failure. Your arrow sails wide of the target, lifting a murmur from the cloud of spectators. You quickly step back from the line and rejoin the other competitors. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, um. Freak Tornado! And there was a Freak Tornado! One of those guys! They summoned an air elemental! You saw it, didn't you? You saw it? Well, I'm still in first place. So, on to round 13. Some people get some bullseyes. Percy, Eliwat, and Garvik get the bullseyes. Take the 13th round spot. Round shot, pick now. Inner wing with two points. Oh, I'm only one point ahead. 
It's Garvik, who's number two at 40 points. Well, at number 10 is Quig with 14 points. Here comes the 14th round. Ooh, Garvik gets another bullseye. He is my rival, somehow. Pick your 14th round shot. Rather difficult shot. Pick now. Another failure. Oh, well, that puts that puts me back into second place as Garverick gets another bullseye and goes to 41 points. Here comes the 15th round. Oh, Garverick gets another bullseye. Stop being so good, Garverick. Uh, and another bullseye for me. I'm still in second place. Boo, just Garverick, he's so good. You've now be you become aware of a now familiar figure standing directly behind you. Turn and face the lean woodsman. You turn to once again find the gaunt-faced woodsman standing behind you. Your skill with a bow is astounding, he says softly. There are others watching as well, though you cannot see that. Now make a strong finish and we can discuss more important matters. Before you can question this man, he slips away and disappears into the crowd of spectators at the edge of the lists. You once again turn your attention back to the competition at hand. Round 16. Some people... Eldrin gets a bullseye, but... And, and Gravik just gets the outer wing. 16th round. Alright. It's a good way from the volley line. This will be a very difficult shot. Go to 44 more to succeed. 110, bullseye, 5 points. That puts me in joint first place with Gravik. Now to pull ahead of him in the 17th round. Oh, he gets another bullseye. Very difficult shot. Another bullseye. Here we are, both in joint first place again. Stop being so good, Gravik. While Edwin and Percy are both in third place with 44 points. How is he so good? 18th round. Garvik just hits the outer wing. Okay, time for me to pull ahead. The target for the 18th round of the competition has been set back an almost impossible distance from the volley line. This is the most difficult shot of the target. You've got to get 46 or more. Pick now. Another bullseye. With another five points. And that puts me comfortably in the lead. Well, four points in the lead. He could still pull ahead. 61 points total. 19th round. Okay, pick the number. Another bullseye. Yeah, okay. I'm comf I'm so far ahead. No matter what happens in the last round, I still win. But I might as well get another bullseye. I mean, I have an audience. I want to impress them. Eldrin and Percy are at 4th and 5th place. Maybe I underestimated the skill of this graphic. Okay. The target for your 20th round of competition is set an almost impossible distance from the volley line. This is the most difficult shot of the contest. As you await your chance, you watch the other competitors each step up to the line, release their shots. And they do... Gravik just gets the outer wing. Eldrin, outer wing. Lewis Hasker and Percy hit the centre of the target. 20th round. Alright, just going to pick the number. Failure. Your arrow sails wide of target. Oh, that's a weak finish. Lifting a worm murmur from the crowd of spectators. You quickly step back from the line and rejoin the other competitors. Fortunately, I was so far ahead... Even whiffing that last shot didn't put me at the back. I am in first place.
Okay, so I'm in first with 66 points. Gravit, my arch rival somehow. Second is 60 points. Third is Percy with 56 points. There's Burson, 53 points. Fifth is Eldrin with 51 points. Then Lasastra with 43. Then Hilliwat, 39. Eighth is Arvagrar. Arvreg with 27 points. Ninth is Trethor with 26 points. Tenth is Jothric with 24 points. Another tenth is is in joint tenth is Joe Tothi with 24 points. And the eleventh place is Quig with 24 points. The master of the ceremonies announces the contest is over. When he calls out the name of the competitor, Kretula, who is in sole possession of first place. The crowd of spectators erupts into a walkish chair. 512 experienced the general. The master of ceremonies greets you in the centre of the contest field and officially declares you the winner. The round of spectators have been worked into a frenzy over the 20 exciting rounds of the competition. Erupt into deafening applause as you bow graciously and accept the grand prize. Presented with 500 gold tokens in a decorative leather bag. I get the tokens. I don't know what happens to the bag. You take a final bow before the crowd. And bid your fellow competitors farewell. Before making your way off the contest field. Now we've got to see what this woodsman thinks. As you near the edge of the list. You are suddenly met by the woodsman. He congratulates you on your victory and tells you it's an important matter to discuss with you. Taking the contest was a feat, but surely not unexpected, he said, to a person of such skill like yourself, Soup. Triumph against such odds is no random event. Perhaps you'll take a moment and hear what he has to say, so I can listen to what he has to say, or ignore him, but first I can use divination. To get a few clues. 8xp. You sense 8xp to divination. You sense this man's intentions are not all honourable. And there is a great deal he's concealing for you. Oddly enough, you also sense he means you no harm. Okay, I'll listen to what he has to say. The woodman introduces himself as Songfoot. Tells you the man he works for has taken an interest in you. Having followed news of your adventures, he admires your bravery and skill. He greatly desires to meet with you, says Songford. His eyes locked upon your own, as if he's attempting to read your intentions. You may, you may know him by the name he's commonly associated with in these parts. Moonwolf. Your heart skips a beat at the mention of the name Moonwolf. The exploits of the infamous outlaw are nearly legendary, though for several years it has been widely assumed he had been killed. You will come with me at once. You are to meet with the master. Master says Fongfoot, glancing about cautiously. Agree to meet with Moonwolf. You follow Songfoot into the forest, struggling to keep pace with the expert woodsman, as... As he crosses the rugged train, what appears to be minimal effort, at last, nearly an hour after leaving Tardwin, you find yourself on the outskirts of a sizable but well-concealed forest encampment. Two men with drawn bows step out of the brush. The weapons are trained on you menacingly. When you note you are in the possession of Songfoot, they relax their guard and allow you to pass into the interior of the camp. Out of the high tent near the centre of the camp steps a tall man clad in soft leather armour. The man's greying hair betrays his advanced days. It is sinewy limbs and imposing posture hit at his formidable strength. You realise you are looking at a man known as Moonwolf, a man who few among the living have laid eyes upon. There's a link for Moonwolf. Moonwolf. This the infamous, almost legendary figure known as Moonwolf has been a fixture in the kingdom of Tausa for many years. He and his band 
powerful outlaws consisting of skilled warriors and woodsmen have been a constant thorn in the side of forces of law and order since their inception almost 30 years ago. Moonwolf, the only name by which he is known, considers himself to be a gallant, heroic figure, and has often come to the aid of those in dire need over the years. One of, one of the more legendary exploits of he and his band of followers involves them sending, saving the town of Wuthwen from the clutches of an evil sorcerer, Yukrin and his horde of bandits. There were many, however, particularly with those responsible for keeping law and order, who see Moonwolf and his group as nothing more than an opportunistic band of brigands. It's true that to outcut fit their company and indeed sustain themselves, Moonwolf's men have often resorted to procuring material goods and wealth, using means quite outside the law. Over the past several years, Moonwolf and his band have slipped into the shadows and have been rarely seen in about their usual remote haunts. Rubus and Moonwolf himself has taken ill and even died and yet to be substantiated. Well, turns out the, le- the rumours of his death were greatly exaggerated. So, at last we meet, he says. Striding up to you. I've a place in my band for someone like you, Zoop. I've watched you for some time. And your victory at Taladrin only affirms my belief in your extraordinary talents. Despite anything you might have heard about us, our cause is a noble one, I can assure you. And we will be greatly honoured to count you amongst our ranks. man who wields a bow like you is an asset I will not. Willingly, let's slip away. Easily. <laughs> Agree to join Moonwolf and his men. Moonwolf and Songwork do smile, and you attempt to offer. To, when you attempt to offer to join them, Moonwolf steps forward and greets you in a shoulder cross. Tells you, he and his band have recently stu- struck upon a series of setbacks, and that infusion of new blood into their wanks will only serve to improve their lot. The illustrious Fane Poland has seen to it declare a sort of war on us, says Moonwolf. He does not know or understand who exactly we are, yet we are certainly grouped with the rest of the dark element in Trippic, that he has rightly tasked his forces to clean up. No, Zoop. There are indeed few who truly understand what it is that folks like us stand for and fight for. And die for. Moonwolf tells you that this band, once fifty strong, is now down to less than two dozen, mostly due to several ill advised clashes with the Thane's men over the last several months. We will continue to ply our trade and strive to keep the forces that be in check, he says. There will soon be much to do, and why for a moment we lick our wounds and lay well. I would ask that you call upon me frequently over the next small while, so that I may keep you appraised of our situation. Uncertain as to exactly what Moonwolf is referring to, you nevertheless accept what he has said, and tell him you will call upon him as asked. He then smiles and invites you to, to stay and enjoy a meal of roasted venison with him and his men. At the conclusion of your meal, you take your leave of Moonwolf and his band, promising to return soon. The grey-haired outlaw watches as you depart into the forest and begins make, begin making your way back to Trithic. Note: To return to Mizzet Forward, choose Travel from the main Trithic section and select Moonwolf Camps under nearby locations. And that finishes this quest. And a little bit of a bonus as well. So there. And. Let's see. Now there should be. Is there a new adventure? Scrolling through the list. Maybe not. Well if you go to his camp. There is a little adventure you can go on. Maybe it's not unlocked yet. Anyway. 
I don't think I'll do that next time. Next time we'll do something else. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.